Congrats to Drew Brees for becoming the NFL's all-time leading passer in yardage with over 72,000 yards. With that said, here's my question for the Facebook fam on the Facebook Q&A. Is Drew Brees a top five QB all-time? Again, shout out to Drew Brees for becoming the all-time NFL passing leader in yards. It's a great achievement. It's not a small achievement by any means, considering when you realize that Drew Brees is under six feet tall. He's not gifted with the most powerful arm, but his work ethic, the way he approaches the game, his film study, his dedication, those are the things that make him one of the greats. So I don't want to take away from his achievement Because I have no doubt in my mind that Drew Brees is an all-time great QB. No question he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no question that he's a top 10 all-time great quarterback. My question is, when you put together all the great quarterbacks, when you gather that pantheon of all-time greats, where does Drew Brees rank? Even when you look at the numbers, because when you start talking about ranking the greats and they all come from different and various eras, and you look at their overall successes to go with their numbers, where does Drew Brees rank with Manning, with Montana, with Brady, even his contemporary Aaron Rodgers, even somebody from way back, a Johnny Unitas, Bart Starr, Roger Staubach, Steve Young. Top 10? I have no doubt he's top 10. So that's the Facebook Q&A, right? Is Drew Brees top five all time? With the NBA season right around the corner, I thought it'd be fun to go ahead and make some predictions or picks. So obviously the team to beat in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics. They are the runaway favorite. For a good reason. Boston has the talent, the depth, and one of the best coaches in the NBA in Brad Stevens. But when you have a lineup that includes Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, two up-and-coming talents in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Morris, there's only one basketball. And at some point, I think chemistry, with all that talent, chemistry could become an issue. And I know this is the team that went to the conference finals last year. But remember, they rode a different wave. They had a different rotation. No Kyrie, no Gordon Hayward. Brown and Tatum had bigger roles. You're bringing back two guys, and I've said this before, that shoot at least 16 to 17 times per game. Somebody's going to have to make a sacrifice. I'm not saying Boston's not coming out of the East, but I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's a runaway. The team that I'm picking to be the sleeper that I'm picking, barring injury, because this is key in any pick you make, barring injury to surprise and come out of the Eastern Conference, I'm picking the Sixers with Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and a rejuvenated, healthy Markel Folks, along with J.J. Redick, and a, and a talented, solid swingman in Wilson Chandler. I think this team, along with Dario Sarge up front, who can play the four and the five, is versatile, is talented, it's long. They're great on defense. I think they'll be much improved on offense. 
I'm picking the Sixers. That's my dark horse to come out of the Eastern Conference. In the West, it's a little bit more complicated. Of course, Golden State is the favorite to win everything. We all know this. And why? They not only have Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond, Iguodala, Sean Livingston. They've added Boogie. And I'm here to say this about the Boogie situation. Let's assume Boogie comes back around February and he's not 100%. He'll be on a minutes restriction. I don't think he's going to have that great an impact on the Warriors season. But if he can can contribute, if he can be 75% of himself, he will be impactful. He will make them that much better, even in spot minutes. But the biggest reason why the Warriors are favored to win is because, as I've said this before, they possess three of the top five shooters in all the NBA. Maybe they possess the three top shooters in the entire NBA. Not to mention, Steph's a playmaker off the dribble. KD's a playmaker off the dribble. Draymond plays point forward. Iguodala plays point forward. Plus, this is the best pick and pop, best picking team in terms of setting picks for one another and moving without the basketball. No team moves without the ball like the Warriors. No team moves the ball like the Warriors. That said, if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt and the Rockets are up 3-1, the Warriors don't make it to the finals last year. I know this is a different season, and most people are predicting the Rockets to be a lesser version of what they were last year. Barring a major injury, I'm picking the Rockets to be in the conference finals versus the Warriors again, and I think it's a toss-up. It was that close. I think it's going to be that much closer. I think Houston made some really good additions along with the acquisition of Carmelo Anthony that provided depth. They've made themselves a little bit more athletic. I think Houston will beat, not beat the Warriors, but I think they're going to meet them and take them to another epic game seven. A dark horse in the West, not to win it, but a dark horse to make it to the conference finals. I'll put it out there. It'll be the Los Angeles Lakers. Why the Lakers? When you look at the Lakers roster, I understand. There's not a second established star with LeBron. But when you look at the rest of the Western Conference, that's not Golden State and Houston. Portland has two talented guards. They're basically both combo guards when you look at CJ and Dane. But really, outside of Nurkic, who's a solid big, and I expect to have a solid double-double season, what they really need is another talented guy on the wing that can break people down and score, and they don't have that. I thought they overachieved last year by winning 49 games. I don't think they're going to repeat what they did last year. When you look at Oklahoma City, sure, they've got Russ, they've got Paul George. I think the addition of uh, Dennis Schroeder was big because Schroeder gives them another guy that can create off the dribble, who can get to the basket and create for others. But when you play with Russ, who is a great player, who is one of the most unique players in the NBA, not just today, but ever, you play a certain style. And I think until the team and Russ adjust their playing style and make their offense more diverse instead of so obvious, 
I think they're going to struggle to win more than a first round series, if that. And if they match up with the Jazz again, I think the results will be the same. The Jazz will beat them. Love Russell Westbrook. One of my favorite players of all time. But he's got to make adjustments for his team to take a step in the right direction. As far as the rest of the conference, like I said, when you look at the Lakers, I understand he's not a second star. But you are talking about a team that just acquired the best player in basketball. And they do have two ascending young talents in Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. Maybe a third with the healthy Lonzo Ball. Not to mention, Josh Hart is a legitimate, solid rotation guy. I think Josh Hart might have the potential to be a starter. KCP is also there, so you have a 3 and D guy. Then you've got the leadership you got somebody that can see the floor, who can run an offense, and can be a pesky defender when needed in Rondo. I don't think, on paper, the Lakers are the sexiest-looking team. But what I, what I will say is, when you look at the West, once you get past Houston and Golden State, I don't think it's a stretch to think that the Lakers could be the third seed. I've got them finishing between four and five. But it wouldn't shock me if they were the third seed, because the rest of the West isn't really that impressive when you go top to bottom roster wise and you look at their very best players. I think the Nuggets are a young up and coming team and I love Joker. I think Joker is going to be a top 10 player in no time, but the rest of that team, they're still unproven for the most part with the exception of Paul Millsap and they run their offense through Joker. When you look at their guards, they're both combo guards who are more shooters than they are facilitators. So I think that while the Nuggets have talent, What they don't have is floor balance. So it's going to be interesting to see the development of that team. I do think the Nuggets make the playoffs. The question I have is, who doesn't make the playoffs? If I had to guess, on a limb right now, I'm going to say the Pelicans, and I'm going to say the Timberwolves. That's just for right now. But you can't predict injuries. We've always talked about that. But if, let's say everybody's healthy. There are no major injuries outside of the fact that a young man who I picked to have a really good bounce back season. I thought he was a, someone who's on the rise, was going to prove that he's a legitimate starting point guard. He's already made all NBA defense, already an, an elite on ball defender. DeJounte Murray suffered a season ending injury, torn ACL. Shout out to De- DeJounte Murray. Get healthy, man. Come back stronger, quicker, more athletic. Thoughts and prayers go out to you, fam. And I know some people are going to think it's crazy talk. I can't believe Mo. He thinks the Lakers are going to be the third seed. I don't. Like I said, I've got them finishing between four and five. But when I take a look at the landscape of the league, remember, where the league is going, where it's evolving, it's a perimeter-dominated league. And every team is trying to get multiple perimeter players that can break you down, score, and defend. And that's what what Houston basically did last year. James Harden wasn't going to get you to the finals by himself. But you bring in another talent who's just as elite as he is when it comes to breaking people down and finding the open man in Chris Paul, and suddenly you had another super team. Not to mention with the evolution of Capella and the tough-minded defensive play of a guy like P.J. Tucker, it made Houston a more well-rounded team. 
That's where the league is trying to go. That's where most teams are trying to go. When you look at Portland, like I said, as talented as Dame and CJ are, and I'm fans of both, what they desperately need is a third playmaker on the wing, another guy that could get buckets and defend. When you look at their roster, CJ and Dame are surrounded by a bunch of specialists. Outside of Nurkic, the rest of that team, they're just a bunch of specialists and there's nothing really special about any of them. When you look at Utah, you see with Donovan Mitchell, you see with Gobert, along with the addition of... Grayson Allen, the return of Dante Exum. Utah has length. They've got depth, which makes them a tough out in the Western Conference. Remember... The league is trying to go towards more positionless basketball. Jamel McGee, uh, who just became a Laker, said in a recent interview that he thinks that the league is fading out big men. And I actually disagree with Javel. They're not fading out bigs, Javel. What they're doing is fading out limited bigs. If you're Anthony Davis, if you're someone like Joel Embiid or a healthy DeMarcus Cousins, a Porzingis, or even a Joker. If you're a big who can score in the post, who can facilitate, who can step away from the basket, who can defend, who can run the floor, the league's not fading you out. You're in demand. The league is fading out the limited bigs. The league is fading out the -the back-to-the-basket, zero-range players. Those types of guys... Can they still play in the league? Sure, in rotation and in spot moments. But if they can't play in space, if they can't defend pick and roll, they're not going to be in the league very long. When you look at Dwight Howard and the version of himself right now, the current version of Dwight Howard, still somewhat athletic, but he lacks the lateral quickness to play in space. So he'll struggle in pick and roll situations where he can still be helpful He's a rim protector and a rebounder. Rudy Gobert is younger than Dwight Howard, but he struggles in pick and roll situations as well. I think Gobert can be effective, but again, the league is looking towards bigs that can play in every aspect. They're looking towards bigs that are more than just specialists. So no, they're not fading out bigs. What they're doing is requiring more of them. Positionless basketball. Look at the Celtics. Look at their depth and their diversity. Look at what Toronto tried to do when they brought in Serge Ibaka to go with DeRozan and Lowry. They were trying to form a more diverse and positionless basketball team. It didn't work, but they they can see, at least their GM, their front office, they can see where the league is trending. When you look at Milwaukee, with Giannis and Chris Middleton, and then they bring in a big looking to stretch the floor with that big because they see, look, they brought in Brooke Lopez. They're trying to stretch the floor. Now, Brooke Lopez can shoot the three. I'm not so sure he's quick of foot enough to really be that guy, but that's where the league is going. Positionless basketball. Guys who can be a threat in all aspects on offense and who could be effective when you have to switch out or show and recover on defense.
back to my season picks. So again, I have no problem with the Celtics being picked to come out of the East. I completely understand that. But I've already told you, I think the Sixers are going to upset and represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. My dark horse pick in the East, the Indiana Pacers. In the West, no question Golden State should be favored. This, this isn't even a discussion. But I disagree with the notion that Houston will be a lesser version of themselves. I think the Rockets will be just as good, if not better. But my dark horse pick in the West, the L.A. Lakers. And the reason why I say the L.A. Lakers, maybe I need to specify. It's not just because of some of the young talent who I think is on the rise. It's because I have a gut feeling that this current roster right now won't be the same roster come playoff time. As far as league MVP, a lot of people have Giannis or LeBron. I'm going to go with AD winning the MVP. Rookie of the year, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook. I've heard some pundits say they've got Aiton winning it or Luka Doncic. And I totally understand those picks. I think one of those guys might win it, but I'm going to give you a really dark horse. Two of them. How about Kevin Knox from the Knicks? and Miles Bridges from the Charlotte Hornets. I think both of those guys are going to surprise some people. My most improved player of the year, I've got three candidates. I'm going to go with Jamal Murray, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. I think all three of those guys are going to have really big seasons and breakthrough seasons. I think Kuzma's actually a legit, he's got a legit shot, I think to win six men on a year. It wouldn't surprise me. At the same time, much respect to Lou Williams because you get buckets. If Lou Williams wins six men on a year again, it wouldn't surprise me. But I think Kyle Kuzma might give him a run for his money. Defensive player of the year, I think Rudy Gobert is always going to be in the running because of the way he rim protects. But I think AD is a more versatile defender. I think AD has a chance to win defensive player of the year. He's my pick for defensive player of the year coach of the year I understand a lot of people got Brad Stevens I think Brad Stevens is the second best coach in the NBA but here's a dark pick here's my dark pick my dark shot to win coach of the year how about Luke Walton and I know it's easy to say he's got LeBron but it takes a strong-minded guy to deal with those types of egos because he doesn't already just he doesn't just have LeBron think about what he's dealing with he's got LeBron that ego, Lance Stevenson ego, Rondo, you've got Lonzo, you've got Kuzma and Brandon Ingram, young guys, but all trying to establish themselves. I think if Luke Walton can lead this Laker team to a 50 plus win season, which I'm predicting they're going to win at least 50 games, he should get some strong consideration for coach of the year. Facebook fam. I'm going to do Facebook Q&A's on Wednesdays and Fridays. We tried to do it on Mondays, but life around here can get complicated and get busy. We've got four girls. School started up. We also are pet sitting. By the way, when you hear my voice break at times during the show, it's not because I'm choked up. It's because we've got a puppy and this dude's not housebroken. And I'm holding him because of the fear of putting him down and him making a mess on the carpet and the wife coming at me with vengeance. So I'm not trying to get that. I don't want that work. 
I don't want that. So again, good looking out on all the questions. Thanks for all the support. Shout out to the Anchor people. Anchor app is great. Love it. Still want to do a show with H. The problem with doing shows, if you've listened to some of the episodes, when we do collaborations is at times they come through very clear and they sound great. And at other times it sounds like he's in the frozen tundra for something like that. So it's a struggle. We're going to work on that because we definitely want to do more collaborations. I'm going to talk some more NFL. I think there's a slight possibility, slight possibility. We can get into a second show tonight. Because he wants to talk about the top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time with what Drew Brees just accomplished last night. And I wouldn't mind getting into that as well. That might lead into a second conversation about the top 10 greatest running backs of all time. So I'm going to leave you all with just a taste. It's the Cypher. <laughs>